Welcome to Meet Your Funeral Celebrant. My name is Tony Piper, and in each episode of this podcast, I'll be talking with a funeral celebrant. As well as getting to know them and exploring their approach to funerals, each guest will also share some useful tips. I hope this helps you find the right celebrant for you so you can create a good send-off. So let's begin. This episode, I'm delighted to be talking to Michelle Harvey. Michelle is based in Orpington in Kent in the UK and has been a funeral celebrant since 2016. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to be speaking with you. Why don't you fill in some of the gaps and tell us a little bit more about you? Yeah, sure. Um, I first became involved in the funeral business um, many years ago when I started writing uh, bespoke poetry and eulogies for uh, small local funeral directors. Um, My sons at the time were very small and writing was something that I could do from home. Um, So fast forward 15 years and I've come back to it through a friend uh, who runs a family funeral directors close to where I live in Orpington. Mm -hmm. Um, He also did the funeral service for a very good friend of mine. Um, I was absolutely absorbed by the life celebrant um, during the service, so much so that when I returned home later on that evening, I I actually looked into how I could become a celebrant myself. Hmm. What was it that really caught your attention? I loved the way she spoke about just him and his life, um, which was very, very accurate and there was no um, frilly bits added. It was it was quite a bare bone sort of service. And I liked that. I liked the truth behind it all. And there was no reference to anybody else. It was just about him. So it, it really did draw me in. And, and I was absolutely uh, taken aback with how well she did. And I thought, yes, this is something that I could do. Hmm. And so you've talked about, you know, the truth and bare bones. Are they the things that are most important to you about being a funeral celebrant? I think it is, yes. I think that we are actually on the cusp of a big change of how funerals are run. Um, I'm a firm believer in people having a choice, having the um, the right to have the funeral the way they want to have it, hmm. um, and, and coming away from this sort of vic- strict Victorian approach where we were sort of seeing, you know, that sort of sombre, sad and script written service that sort of, you know, accompanied those types of funerals. I Mm. think people should have something that they feel is true to their loved one. Mm. Can you say a little bit more about that? Uh, Yes, I do. I think um, people having um, a say in the songs, um, in what's said, coming up and speaking themselves. um, I think that's really important rather than a a one-size-fits-all, which used to be very normal, um, what was offered from funeral directors a few years back. I think it's important that people have the right to have their service the way they want. You only get one chance of having that funeral. Um, And one thing I've always said is that, you know, um, a funeral is is not a day in a lifetime. It's a lifetime in a day. Mm. Yes, that's right. What do you love most about the job? Um, I think helping people and talking with them and listening to wonderful stories. Um, It's funny how when I visit the next of kin and we sit and discuss the funeral service, um, they start to open up and, and warm to me and talk about their loved one's lives. And then, you know, they come out with these wonderful stories and say, oh, you wouldn't want to hear this or you wouldn't want to read about that. 
but you actually do because mm. they make the the person's lives much more colorful and and it really is an enjoyable thing to write about when you have those lovely stories you know everyone's lives are different everyone is unique and they all have their own story and i try very hard to make sure i listen carefully and that is um is portrayed in the eulogy that i write right and what would you say your most useful skill is then um probably i think is um trying to adapt people's um what they want with the funeral and and make it come you know make it happen in the service being able mm-hmm. to um listen to them uh to make sure that they are um in tune i'm in tune with them and giving them what they want i mean giving them what they want i'm interested in that compared to what they need i don't right. know if you've ever found yourself in any situations where people say they want one thing and need another yes possibly yes um i think it's it's all part of the bereavement process is getting the funeral service right um i think when people leave a funeral service that's been good and they come out and they talk about it i think it puts them on a good path in coping with their bereavement from the service onwards I think if you get a funeral wrong, if it's not done to their requirements, then I think it's a a good chance that it will compound their pain and suffering a bit more. So how will you know that you've created and delivered a good funeral? I think when you've got somebody who comes up to you at the end of the funeral service and says, um, thank you, that was absolutely spot on. You know, you you got him there to a T. They shake your hand. You know, there are tears um, there are, you know, there are sad faces, um, but if as long as you know that people come up and they, they thank you and, and that's when you know you've done it right. Mm, great. And is there anything that in your experience people worry about that maybe they don't need to? Um, I think sometimes people feel that there is a right way um, and mm. I don't think there is a right way. I think it's up to every single individual to do it their way. So I think people say, oh, am I allowed this poem or Mm. can we have a happy song? Well, of course you can, because that's how you want to remember your loved one. Mm. And I think that's vitally important that people are allowed to have their say in, you know, even if it is different from what they've had before. It's important that you help support them in their choices. Mm. Once again, the, the topic of permission comes up. Uh, I think mm-hmm. in nearly every episode of this podcast so far, it's yes. yeah. been something that is on bereaved people's minds mm-hmm. about whether they can or are allowed to do something. Mm. Being able to put their minds at rest and you know, let them do what they need to do. Yes, definitely. Mm. Definitely. What was your most unusual funeral? Um, my most unusual funeral was uh, this year, actually, a, a lovely guy who was Italian. He had three beautiful daughters um, who talked about their dad with wonderful stories about him and, and how he would also talk to them. Um, he had a lovely Italian accent and they actually wanted one of his sayings written into the eulogy. Mm-hmm. Um However, saying it in my very British accent, it, it didn't have the same effect. So I decided that I needed to say it with an Italian accent. 
Um, I listened okay. to the likes of Gina DeCampo um, mm-hmm. and on the day when the service was full of mourners, which was about half Italian and half British people there, I had to apologise before I said it um, <laughs> in case it came out Welsh or even French maybe. Um, but I went for it and said was what was one of his favourite sayings and this was very well received um, and a memorable moment for me. <laughs> but I th- and that's what a celebrant does is somebody who is versatile, who can do sombre, but who can also uh, in the right moment do something which people will find funny and it will make them remember that person, um, you know, with love. Yes. And it, taking some risks. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, I definitely took a risk, but it went it went down very well. Congratulations. Thank you. It, it does raise an interesting point uh, about how celebrants can include people for whom English isn't their native language. Yeah. Yes. Their first language. Have you got any thoughts on that? Um. Yes, I, I mean, with with that same funeral, um, when we designed the order of service, um, I requested that we have it translated into Italian as well for those people who came over to, from Italy for the funeral, um, so that they could read the eulogy and they could read the, the order of service booklet in their own native language. I think that's really important. Mm. We're coming becoming a much more multicultural society um and i think we have to uh understand that there are different cultures and beliefs and we have to work with those people as well to make sure that they they have all of their necessary um sort of traditions and things that are incorporated in in their funeral if if they are um buried or cremated in this country Mm. that's food for thought yes yeah what was your most challenging funeral um, my most challenging funeral was uh, shortly after the um, Italian funeral, actually. I, I had a very young mum um, who sadly passed away from cancer, a very short illness. Mm-hmm. Um, she she had four children. Uh, two of them were teenage boys. They were very clearly distressed as they helped to carry her in in her coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, I have teenage boys and this hit home to me. But, you know, you have to remain professional, but with the right amount of sympathy and understanding that is readable on your face. um, It's not always an easy thing to do. And we are, you know, we are human and we have all experienced the feeling of pain when losing someone close. But that was a very challenging day for me. Hmm. Well, again, well done for getting through it and uh, taking the risk again, you know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting how, of course, it's easy in a way to forget that a lot of the things that celebrants end up doing yes. is actually very, very close to home. Yes, yes, absolutely. Hmm. Have you got any advice for anyone who might be organising a funeral at the moment? I think it's important that people know that they, they should have their say to encourage their ideas and their songs and their tributes. Um, they'll obviously never have another moment to retake it. I think it's important to get um, to speak to the wider members of the family and colleagues and friends, because I think it's important. We all know somebody. We might know them differently to how they're known at home. Mm. And I think that's important that you get a, a good picture and a wider view of that person. So I would always encourage people to speak to um, colleagues and friends and and things like that. That's a really good tip. And often, 
I think we feel that we're under such pressure yes to get the thing done yes absolutely I think people feel that getting a funeral done it's you know they hurry through it they don't want to think about it get get it get the day over with but then afterwards they think oh I wish I had done that I wish I'd taken more time so I think you know if, if anyone is you know got a funeral coming up or they have to plan one you know they're normally unexpected but to to definitely give thought to what is needed and and who to speak to Mm. that's really useful thank you very much thank you now there's something that um i really like to explore with you and that's around how celebrants can continue to help people yeah after bereavement and explore some of the ideas around you know the boundaries because often a celebrant will say well actually my job is to you know lead the ceremony on the day and then that's it yes uh, i find that um i like to keep continuity with many people that i have done services for um the reason is is because i want to remain friends i think it's good for people to open up and i will always follow up with an email to make sure that they're happy with the service that i've given them and that sometimes lends itself to talking to them and especially if they are suffering from um, loss or you know they need help Um, and something that I've done just recently is to set up something called the bereavement cafe Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's a a small pop-up cafe that we have once a month at the end of the month which is open to people who feel they need to come and talk to somebody um, regarding uh, their loss Um, maybe they want to talk to people in the same boat as them or they want to talk to a counsellor we we've got two bereavement counsellors we also have a social worker and a palliative care nurse Hmm. um, as well as myself the celebrant and a funeral director Um, so we've offered this to people who have had services funeral services through the company that I work for Um, but we're now offering it out to people within our community to see if they want to come and just just have a a chat you know we use the line tea coffee biscuits and support and that's exactly what it is it's it's somewhere where they can just come and just talk Hmm. and that's very important and what kind of um take up do you get um, well, we've had the first one, which mm-hmm. we had about six people came to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, it seems to have grown quite quickly. We've gone to um, local doctor surgeries and they have absolutely bitten our hands off and said this is something that is needed because funding was stopped in our borough for people who needed counselling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was important that those people felt that they were listened to. Um, and, you know, sometimes... Um, the one-to-one counselling that that people can get which they have to pay for isn't always what they want to to feel that they're not alone in their grief that there are other people that they can talk to that they've experienced the same things as them Mm. I think that is a really good way of going through that grieving process Um, and everybody we spoke to who did attend wants to come back and said it was absolutely brilliant and, and they were really happy to come along Gosh, that sounds very inspiring. Yes. Is this something that could be 
set up in other parts of the country quite easily? Absolutely. Um, there is no, you know, there's no reason why people um, can't set something like this up. All we've done is we've just used a, a, a local rugby club um, mm-hmm. and just said, you know, could we have it for two hours? Um, we've got they have a cafe there. So we get tea and coffee and biscuits. And that's where the catchphrase came from. Tea, coffee, biscuits and support. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just sort of, you know, sat there and the people have sat there and we've just allowed people to come in. There's no cost. Um, and just come in and just talk. And mm. I think that's probably, it, I'm sure that it's something that could be, you know, rolled out nationwide if, if that's what people want to do. Mm. And if people wanted to find out more about this, how could they do that? Um, well, we have a Facebook page, which is called The Bereavement Cafe, um, and people can follow that. And um, any questions, we, we message back more or less straight away. Great. And if other celebrants might be interested in uh, coordinating something like this. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. So is this bereavement cafe um, only for people who have been recently bereaved? No, it's there for anybody who's lost someone whenever through their lives. Um, I think bereavement and and loss can hit you at a time you know you could be five years down the line and then suddenly um, a song is played uh, a family event takes place maybe the marriage of a child and you're suddenly hit with it that grief again Um, and they can come along you know if they just feel that they just need to talk that through with somebody or just come and just you know listen to some support talk to one of our bereavement counsellors that's absolutely fine. That sounds like a tremendous resource to have in your community. Yes. Well, yes. I wish wish you every success with that. Do Thank you think? You. Do you think you'll um, expand the number of bereavement cafes that you'll have? I, I would love to. Um, obviously, it's something that we actually pay out of our own pockets at the moment, um, but it is something that we would love to do, and and obviously try to make it. You know, if it, we could make it a weekly event, if there was the need for that. That would be lovely. Mm. Oh, well, I wish you um, every success with that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, time is uh, running on with us. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we say goodbye? Um, I think that it's just it's it's nice that funeral celebrants are um, becoming a bit more um, versatile. I think it's it's good that they are. Um, talking with people and allowing people to have their their um their their requirements met their own ideas um supported and i think you know i think we're definitely seeing a turn in the way funerals are run well that's really encouraging to hear that people are getting what they need and feel able to ask for it Well, look, it's been great to speak with you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you very much. Good luck with everything that you're doing and um, love the idea of the Bereavement Cafe. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Take care then. Lovely. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Bye.